ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. So I want to take you back to when I was married to my first husband. I've told you all about it. He was tall, beautiful, handsome. We lived in this quote unquote perfect suburban house, our golden retriever. And I've told you how empty I felt in that. But one thing I haven't talked to you about is how I also felt completely dry. Dry. Sexually, we weren't having sex anymore. We weren't really doing anything for fun and pleasure anymore. And if we go back to when I first started dating him, we did tons of things for pleasure. We had this amazing sex life. I remember we were once at an amusement park and we ran to the parking lot in the middle of our day just to have sex in the car. And he would do these amazing, pleasurable, delicious things for me. He showed up once at my apartment with these two matching stuffed animals, seat belted into the back seat like we were a little family and we would go on boat rides and it was so much fun. But just years later... We had no fun in our marriage. We had no sex in our marriage. There was nothing joyful or pleasurable. And when I would talk to girlfriends about it, they'd say, well, what do you want? And I felt like a deer in headlights. Like I had no clue what I actually wanted. Well, fast forward now that I get to work with so many of you. When I talk with you, I find this to be so common among women. And we say, well, what do you want? What do you desire? We have no clue as if somehow that part of us has been shut off. And this is something we must change because if we are not clear on our desires, how will we ever create that life that will light us up, that will make us feel full of joy, that will make us wildly, passionately happy, that will make us live on purpose? And we deserve that. We deserve to know what our desires are and to go for them. And so if you are out there and you are like, I don't know what I want. I don't even know what the word desire means. I don't know how to even start. I have the perfect guest who's going to get there with us. I want to introduce you to my dear friend, my soul sister, my burning man, Rumi, my goddess, my everything, Amy Batuski. Amy is a pleasure and intimacy expert. She is committed to helping women live turned on, connected, satisfying lives. She's the co-founder of Desire on Fire, an amazing retreat company based in Southern California. She's trained with some of the top intimacy and sexuality teachers in the world, including Nicole Diodone, Regina Thomashauer, aka Mama Gina, and Jayama. Amy has led workshops and retreats all around the world, including in New York, California, at Burning Man, Mexico, Peru, Bali, where she now lives. Through Amy's virtual and in-person work, she's taught hundreds of women how to create wild, confident intimacy, hot sex, and fulfilling relationships. I mean, hello, we need this woman on the Purpose Girl podcast. Amy, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I feel I'm like 
Okay, I I feel like okay, we're done. Like <laughs> that was like so much turn on, <laughs> so much pleasure, so much power already. <laughs> yeah, like how how can we even it. how can we even add more? <laughs> oh, we're adding more, baby. We're adding more. I have beautiful. to share with everyone. So Amy and I were in a women's group together where there were like 500 women or something insane. And she and I started a love affair on Facebook. We had never met, but like she was in the group, I was in the group, and we kind of were checking each other out in a good way. Like, you're awesome. No, you're awesome. <laughs> and then when I wanted a ticket to Burning Man at literally the very last minute, I put out my feelers to my women, like, who knows anyone? I want a group of women in an RV who are goddesses. Anyone know anyone? And like literally at that minute, a spot opened up in Amy's RV. And I feel like it was meant to be. Totally fate. And that week with her, totally fate. I learned so much about desire and pleasure and turn on and creating the life and enrolling people in the life we want. So Amy, let's start with desire. Great. I love this topic. (laughs) (laughs) Why is desire so hard for women? Like, what the frick is going on here? Yeah. I mean, while you were telling that story, I was like, I am with you. That is how I felt most of my life. I remember the first few courses that I took when I was training around intimacy and relationships and sex. One of the teachers called on me. They were asked, the prompt was something like, what do you want? <laughs> Something, you know, very easy, easy. for me- some people. <laughs> Quote unquote. <Yeah. laughs> right. Just a simple question. And right. they got to me and I was like, uh, skip me. <laughs> Just pass, mm-hmm. pass me by, please. And I was so confronted. And it was similar to how you how you felt in the story you just told when your girlfriends were like, okay, well, what do you want? And I knew what I wanted on a on a grand scale, right? Like I want a successful career. I want I want to be happy. I want good relationships. I'd like to be married someday. I didn't know what I wanted right now in this moment. What would it, what would make me feel good in my body? What kind of sex do I want? You know, how how does my soul want to be nourished? Like I didn't know any of that. I'd never asked those questions to myself. I'd never been asked those questions. And as I started diving into this work around desire, what I realized is The reason that we don't know, one of the reasons that we don't know what we want is because we are so conditioned from a young age to, first of all, have our attention on everybody else. Right. Right. Is have our attention on what does everybody else need? What does everybody else want? uh, How's everyone else doing? How can we handle things for everybody? Right. Especially as little girls. Especially as as little girls. Yes. The good Mm -hmm. girl conditioning is so deep and starts so young. Right. And then, I mean, we can talk about good woman conditioning, good mother conditioning. I mean, it's just across the board for women and all the roles that we play. But it's consistent throughout all of these different roles, right? It's like be good, be accommodating, be appropriate, be kind, be loving, be agreeable, right? All these things. Nowhere in that, in that conditioning is slow down, check in with yourself. What do you want? What would feel good for Mm. your body and your soul Mm. today? (laughs) never rarely are we asked that right growing up and now even today it's unless we incorporate that as a practice for ourselves like that is not the norm no right and so that's what I realized in starting to study this I was looking at my life and I'm like what the hell everything is so backwards we are just so focused on taking care of everybody else and focused on achieving just the big goals like I said that's why I knew 
Oh, the big things. Yeah, I know I want those things because it's like the big achievements that we're told we should want. This is so fascinating because I've met a lot of women out there, but you're all nodding your head, right? Yeah, I know I want to find great love. Yeah, I know I want to be successful. And I've never thought about it this way, Amy, that we do all know that bigger picture, but you're right, they're achievements. Mm -hmm. But what you're talking about is knowing what feels good in your body, what nourishes your soul. I mean, I want to put like a picture frame around those phrases. Those are sticky notes that we all need all over the house, right? On the bathroom mirror, what would nourish your soul today? What would feel good in your body this moment? And I think for most people, for most women, because primarily I work with women, primarily you work with women, it, for most women, it's really hard to even answer that question. Right. Even if we posed the right question, then they're like, well, I don't know. How do I know? (laughs) How do I know what would feel good for my body? I don't know. And um, we've cut it off. Right. You were saying we've never we've never been encouraged or never asked those questions. But I was thinking about, especially now that I have a child and granted, he's just a few months old, so he's not fully in this stage yet. But if he wants to cry, he cries. If he wants to scream, he screams. If he wants to laugh, he laughs. And just thinking about how he's going to be at one and two years old and looking at little toddlers, they're being their full selves. They know what they want. They know what would feel good. They know what they like and don't like. And so in some ways, we already knew it just kind of got beat out of us or taken away or something, right? Absolutely. Shamed out of us, right? Judged out of us. We have all these, yeah, we're so young and free. I, I teach sensual movement classes as part of my, part of my work and part, you know, with my clients. And I was in my, in the last class that I was teaching or the last session of this that I was leading for clients, we were moving and I, and I said, I had my ass in the air as I often do. (laughs) I was on the floor and I had my butt in the air and I was like, I, when I was a kid, I loved having my butt lead the way. Mm. You know, like I loved having, sticking my butt out and like put, putting my butt in the air when I was like sitting on the ground. Like I rarely had my butt like in a seat, you know, because it was just, it felt good, right? Yes. I was like, ooh, this is my butt. It can dance. It can play. It can be up in the air and it feels stretchy. Like I'm stretching and it yes. feels great. So I, I invited all the women to do that. I was like, be it, be a child again, play, let your butt lead, put your butt in the air, move around just like a child would, because that childlike play and innocence and fun where we're not worried about being judged. We're not worrying about being shamed. We're not worrying, worried about all of the, you know, the critiques that could come with that level of play and freedom. Then there's like a wealth of, of just like joy and juiciness and, and freedom in that. So letting our butts lead is good. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm leading with my butt right now. I mean, I hope any of you, if you're like driving or you're sitting there, right, or you're doing the dishes, like I hope you're swaying <laughs> your hips and you're letting your butt lead. And I thought about, as you said that, when I was a little girl, I totally would stick my butt out, my hips out and be like, here I am, world, you know, I'm Karen Z. I used to call myself Karen Z. Great. Okay. Here I am, Karen Z. Great. Right. And it's like, but then... Who do you think you are to be Karen Z great? Right. And we're so free when we're young. And then it just, like you said, just slowly gets kind of, yeah, beat out of us, shamed out of us. And then we become these kind of like robotic or not robotic. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily seem like that, but it kind of, once we wake up to what's possible, it's like, whoa, how was I living before? I'm just living, I'm just living based on my conditioning. Right. Once we start waking up, we start to see how we were living and how it just, 
totally only in alignment with what we've been taught versus free thinking, what feels good for my body, knowing what to ask, and then knowing how to discover what we want. Right. How do we go, though, from that place that you were in and that place I was in? Because what I notice about myself and my clients and women is that we just know we're unhappy and we know we don't know what we want. So how do we go from that into where you are now? And, and maybe before you even answer that, I want you to describe your life to people because it's juicy. Okay. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And she's not making this up, right? She's saying she used to not be juicy. And I want you to hear her juicy life because I want you to hear what is possible. And, you know, I love that you asked that question. And I'm going to tell you what my life looked like before and what it looks like now because my life before this work, this this feminine-focused, desire-based work, looked really good and actually was really good. It wasn't juicy, but it was really good. And I think that's what's really important to to highlight here because even though you said – I mean, you said it well, like we don't really know what what we're feeling, what we're needing, what we're wanting, but we know we're not happy. And I would even argue a lot of women are happy or think they're happy, right? But they have no idea what's possible or what's missing. Mm. And so it wasn't until I started discovering all this that I realized, damn, <laughs> I was missing a lot of juice. Yes. But I didn't know that. Yes. So what my life looked like before was I lived in New York City. I had amazing relationships with women, like girlfriends. I had great relationships with my family. I worked – I had a corporate job that I had totally created and manifested in in the food industry, in the natural food industry. I loved my – the work that I did. Like, things were great. I lived in New York City. Like, Yeah, life yes, is good. Right? That's like, that's like the dream for most people, especially from a small town in Maine, um, which I am from. And everything was good on the outside. And then what led me to being willing to kind of explore these conversations that we're now having was how frozen I felt in my body and how disconnected I felt from men. And I knew my love life was a wreck, but I was kind of in denial. Like I was doing personal development work, but it had no focus on intimacy and relationships. It was just more like achievement and goals and creation and doing and and awareness and communication. Awesome. But it wasn't about desire. It wasn't about sex. It wasn't about pleasure. And so I was finally desperate enough. And I say finally, like for me, it was finally, I was like 23, 24. But for me, it was like, it was years. I hadn't had sex in almost two years and I was in my early twenties. Like that's when a lot of people are thriving and sleeping with people and exploring and right. And I was not Mm. because I was, I felt super frozen in my body. I was in performance mode having sex and I didn't really trust men. I had all sorts of stories about men. Like, ugh, they're so – I went to a college. It was in a sorority. Like I thought of frat guys as like men. You right. know, I was like, gosh, they're all just into themselves and they they just they're care about arrogant, their accounting jobs. And they – yeah, they're jerks and they don't really care, respect women, whatever. I had a lot of stories in my mind. And so that's what had me be willing to say, hmm. Maybe there's something else. Something. Maybe up there's here. another way. <laughs> and you know what I love about this? Like you said, you were 23, and a woman out there, you know, if you're 45, like I am, you might be like 23. Come on. But here's the thing about Amy. This is something I love about you. You have an ancient soul, and I wish I had done this work at 23. Right? I wish I had done it at 23 
why did I wait until I was 40? Mm -hmm. And so this is what makes, to me, you wise. You are wise way beyond your years. So here you were 23. You had such deep wisdom. Something's up here. Yeah. So (laughs) when you first asked, okay, so how do we get kind of from A to Z, right? Like, okay, from the not really knowing what you want and Z, I'm like, well... (laughs) everybody's path is different. <laughs> like For me, hundreds of thousands of dollars of courses, programs, coaching, and retreats, and then getting here. But that's also because I was becoming an intimacy coach. And so it's different, right? Not everybody has the same conditioning to get through. Everybody's path is different. Not everybody wants to be an intimacy coach. Everyone's in different forms of relationship, right? So some people's insight into this world and awakening is like, Oh, they meet a partner who happens to really awaken their body. They might do kundalini yoga and have a yoni awakening from kundalini energy, right? People, all different ways that you can enter this world of desire. It could be reading a book. It could be a podcast, right? It could be courses, coaching. Okay, so there's lots of ways. For me, I learned orgasmic meditation, which is a 15-minute partnered practice that involves gentle stroking of the clitoris. And I was like, first heard about it, I was like, uh, hell no. I am never doing that. That is weird as shit. <laughs> What's going to happen here? <laughs> right. So that was that was the first thing. But I think it's hilarious because it's so typical of me because I'm kind of like go big or go home, you know. And, you know, everyone – some people are like, yeah, let's read a book. Let's listen to a podcast. Let's maybe hire a coach and do some talk about this. I was like – yeah, you know, if I'm going to dive into the realm of sexuality, sure, let's try a pants-off genital stroking practice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's dive right in. We're going into the deep end. I love it. And a lot of you out there might not have heard of orgasmic meditation. Yes, not common. It's not commonly known. It's not. The first time I heard of it, I said, sign me up immediately. I love that willingness. (laughs) That's just me. It was like fulfilling a deep hunger in me that I hadn't had in my whole life. So, so you sign up, you go off the deep end, you take this course, you become a coach in it. Yeah. So then my life, so, so I'm like skipping many years because, you know, it's a long story, but basically I I start immersing myself in this conversation, right? I learn other sexual sensual practices. I learn sensual and feminine movement. I, I just start peeling away the layers of good girl conditioning, good woman conditioning, I start thawing out. My body starts thawing out by moving, dancing, practicing orgasmic meditation, connecting with conscious men, starting to share my truth, revealing my inner feelings, fears, and beliefs, and and anger and sadness, starting to reveal more of my emotions. Um, And through this journey, um, my life started getting brighter. And, you know, I said this actually at the end of one of my coaching programs. I remember I said, before this work, I really loved myself. I really did. I really loved myself. I loved my life. And through doing this work, I found pockets of myself where love didn't exist. Mm. Little corners of me where there wasn't any love present. And through doing this work, through devoting myself to these feminine conversations and exploring my body and my desire, love is just starting to fill those pockets. Permission, approval, love, releasing shame is just filling those pockets that 
I thought I loved myself, but these little pockets that were not full of love are now full. Wow. And that's really what the journey feels like. It's like on the surface, life is good. And then you just start to see where it's like the feeling right now as I'm saying it is like um, where it doesn't feel full of like like it's there's a drought, right? And it doesn't feel full of water. Like it doesn't feel lubricated. I, I'm trying to think of the word, but my image right now is like a really wet forest, like a really yes. a rainforest, right? It's like As opposed so... to the dry, crackly desert. Yes. It, and that's how when I – it was dry in my first marriage. I'm not even talking just about my vagina. I'm talking about I felt thirsty, hungry, and and dead in some ways, in some places. And you're right. There was a lot that was good. My job was good. Things were good. You know, I had good friends. But those places and those pockets, and this is what I love, this word juicy. Mm-hmm. This word juicy. Like we're going we're gonna to go from this dry desert to this wet forest. And I have a client who laughs whenever I use the word juicy, right? Because I think it's a great she's word. just thinking of, it is a great word, right? Just <laughs> thinking of our vaginal secretion is juicy. That too. And <laughs> that too. And it's okay if you need lube, right? I am postpartum Hell and yeah. lube is my biggest friend. So all whatever it takes, the lube. bring right. on Amen. the wetness. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I just want everyone out there, no matter what your situation is, right? But we want to fill every cell of our body that way for it to be in sex and not just in sex. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And so here you are now. And I love where you are. I love following you on the Instagram. Isn't it so funny that that you bring up, well, we're both talking about the juiciness, but that literally I live in this wet, I live on an island now and I live, I live in Bali and I live in this wet, luscious rainforest environment. It's so funny where like my, my, my life literally brought me more wetness, yeah. <laughs> more juiciness <laughs> living here. It's amazing. And um, I'll tell you more about my Bali life. I love that you love following along. I love following on your journey and your motherhood and everything on the gram. Thank God for the gram, you. you know? Oh, thank <laughs> God. Because otherwise we're like a world, you know, we're half a world apart and we get to like so stay in each other's lives. You're right. So here you are living this juicy life. You're living in Bali and getting to do this incredible work. And I know that you have love in your life and beautiful friends and amazing, amazing um, retreats. So how does a woman even start thinking about desire? If someone's listening, they're like, I want that. I want to know what my Bali is. I want to know what my juice is. But I don't even know. I don't even know what the word desire means. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Well, I I would say to people who are just starting this conversation or or just hearing this and it's so new for them is just to look at what does bring you joy, what does light you up, I say, what does turn you on. And it could be something super simple. Like I remember I had a client and she was just so brand new to this and she, and I was like, okay, well, what do you like? What, you know, what, what do you enjoy? What brings you, just brings you some aliveness in your body. And she was like, dogs. And I'm like, great. All right. Let's go with that. Right. And we, we started talking about it and exploring it and what she could do. She wanted to do new work. Right. And it's like, could, do you want to be a vet? Do you want to be, do you want to wash dogs? I don't care. Right. Like it actually brings you joy. But the thing is, 
what we do is because it can start really simple. Like I really like dogs. Well, great. But then we, we, we stop it there, right? Well, working with dogs, that can't be my purpose. That can't be my life. That can't be my job. I can't make right? any money walking I can't make dogs money. or it's going to take too many years to become a vet. And- exactly. And then all the limiting beliefs and voices come in. And, and I just really invite women to, there's a lot of elements here and ways to kind of explore this. One is just starting to tune into simple things that you can tell that you like, that you can tell bring you pleasure and then go from there. It'll just naturally take you to the next thing. Like, Ooh, I really, it felt really good when I allowed myself to follow the desire to spend more time with dogs. Now I'm seeing dogs every weekend and now I'm seeing dogs and their owners and, Oh, I really like being with women who own dogs. Ooh, I want to start a dog owners club, you know, book club. Okay. Right. Whatever. But it, it, it evolves. I'm loving this. I'm like, what else are we doing with the women who own dogs? Cause I've got a dog. Right. right. It's so funny because I don't even have a dog, but I spend a lot of time with dogs in Bali because there's dogs everywhere in Bali. So oh my that's gosh. why. Yeah. Everywhere. But um, this is so true. We start with what I'm hearing you say is you start with one thing. Just what is one thing that brings you joy and pleasure? And it doesn't have to be if someone's out there and they're like, okay, sex seems too far or orgasmic meditation seems too far. You're talking about just just what brings you joy. And don't let the limiting belief stop you from expanding that one thing in your life a tiny bit. That's right. And I find that it's really helpful. And I'm sure you talk about this a lot because I know how much you value this, but the importance of sisterhood, the importance of having other people around you who are interested in this conversation. And so maybe it's, you know, joining a Facebook group. Maybe it's joining, um, you know, a book club. Maybe it's uh, finding an online forum that talks about this. Maybe it's, you know, your favorite podcast hosts and do they have communities, right? Starting to get into community with other people because as, as I know for sure, when I am connected to other women who are exploring their desires, I become inspired. I'm thinking, I didn't even know that I could want that. And then mm-hmm. I see it. And uh, one of the things that Lacey Phillips talks about, I don't know if you know her, she's a manif- manifestation uh, expert. She talks about expanders and that expanders are the people in our life who have what we want and are expanding our realm of possibility, right? And I talk about this a lot with my clients where whenever you're jealous, hey, you want to know how you want to know how to find your desires? Look at where you're jealous. Amen, sister. Honestly, Preach. it's like there you go. That's a great compass because anytime I feel a a pang of jealousy, which jealousy is amazing, I really embrace it in my community and my work. I'm like, yeah, jealousy, beautiful. What's it feel like? There's desire underneath most of the time. Yes. And and when you're jealous, you can look at the person that you're jealous of. If it's a person that you're feeling the jealousy towards, you can see them as somebody to reject or distance or hate or, you know, put down or shove aside because you're jealous, or you can see them as an expander. Mm. And if you see them as an expander, it immediately reframes it. There's gratitude, there's openness, there's there's possible connection. And then it's like, ooh, this person is an expander for me. They're showing me what's possible. They're having it. And, and I could have it. I could have more. Yes. I love this so much. My dear friend Amelia, the way she taught this to me maybe 10 years ago was, I'll have what she's having. Right, the old one, Harry met Sally, mm-hmm. you know, line. Uh-huh. Love that and scene. So, <laughs> love that scene, right? I'll have what she's having. And 
this is huge because the patriarchy has, you know, positioned us women against each other so that when you see a woman who has what you want, you might not even be aware that you want it. You're just aware. Who does she think she is? Or you're jealous deep down. Or you, And I love what you're saying, Amy, is explore that. Go with it. Let yourself say, hmm, what does she have that I might want? What does that tell me about my own desires? And when I started doing this jealousy work, I didn't call it expander. I love this. My friend Paula was working in Paris at the time. And I was like, why does Paula get to work in Paris? It's not fair. <laughs> damn and it, I was Paula. Like, oh, damn it, Paula. Oh, wait a minute. I want to work in Paris. And mm. then I launched my Purpose in Paris retreat. And I took five glorious women to Paris. And I was like, I work in Paris, baby. Hell right? yeah. Thank God for Paula. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. Thank you, you Paula. Go. I love you. I hope you're listening. Right? An expander. Expander. Mm-hmm. This is huge. So if you don't know what you want, what I'm picking up, we've got a couple of amazing tips here that I want everyone to put a picture frame around. I want you to write these down. One, Amy is telling us, start with something simple that you know brings you joy. If it's dogs, if it's plants, if it's sewing, if it's football, whatever, you start with one thing that you know, and then see if you can build on that, right? And then two, look at what you're jealous of in other women. That's a surefire way to figure out what you might desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, and I, I was just thinking about um, our friend Jody, who is one of our Burning Man babes. And she, I mean, man, does she know how to have it? She knows how to receive that desire. And she, she'll message me sometimes just seeing things that I post and she's like, yes, Amy having it. (laughs) And it's just like, it's so good because this is what we do, you know, in, in, in Mm -hmm. my community and in our community, it's like, we, we back each other. And I've had to do a lot of work to learn to do this because I wanted to tear down the women that I was jealous of. I wanted to, I wanted to reject or push myself away or push them away when I didn't feel like I could have that or that they were, you know, having something I couldn't have. And now I see it as possibility of women having it. And so I celebrate that. I'm like, oh my God, yes, you are having that thing. You are having that experience. That is amazing. Even if I get triggered or jealous or envious, I get to be curious about myself and my reactions and at the same time celebrating her having her desires. Yes. So glorious exclamation point to what you just said. And this is why sisterhood is so important. And I love that you brought up Jody. Jody, you're going to have to listen to this. Of course, yeah, absolutely. We're loving. <laughs> I want to love on all of our girls, loving on Bonnie know, and loving on and Megan, Megan and our whole RV yes. was so fun. It was unreal. But for me at Burning Man, Jody was a huge expander for me because she's such a hot, sexy mama. She really is. I was in the middle of the IVF process, as you know, mm-hmm. and I had my own blocks around what was going to happen to me once I was a mama, right? Like there was going to be no more sexy. There was going to be, I was going to have to play a certain role. I was going to have to, you know, wear my hair like June Cleaver and I was going to have to put the apron on and stop being juicy. And I met Jody, and I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Never, mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Never mind those cancel. stories. That's right. I'll have what she's having because Jody is a mama to three and she is sexy and she is fun and she follows her desires and she is deliciously kind and compassionate and and all the things. And so this is a huge piece of sisterhood. If we allow the other women to 
expand us. And we allow ourselves to be expanders for others. It, it goes all ways. And we celebrate the heck out of each other is what I'm hearing you say. Celebrate each other. And this is actually a big part of desire is allowing yourself to share the turn on of or the ignition, right? I call it turn on, but you can call it ignition in your body, the excitement, the gratitude, sharing the gratitude, the turn on. Once you've received, fulfilled, experienced a desire. And so that amplifies that 10 X's, whatever it is that you're experiencing. And this is actually from one of my trainings, they call it the desire cycle. It's actually a really important piece of the desire cycle that I think people don't realize as part of desire and living a desire-led life, as I call it, is not – it's knowing what you want, asking for it, sticking around to receive it, which is a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. We <laughs> it's a whole different this, thing, yeah. right? And then paying forward the gratitude and turn on. So it doesn't mean paying it back because that's this is key. This is a distinction here because a lot of women go to, they'll hear that and they're like, oh, I need to pay the person back or the experience back energetically or financially. No, no, no. It's paying forward, sharing the turn on, the ignition, the gratitude with the world because that gives permission to the world to have more, to women all over to have more, and it amplifies how good the desire feels to have. Preach. Yes. Trademark TM. Get this out <laughs> everywhere, Amy. This is so good. There's so much in what you just said. You're right. We have this belief we have got to pay it back. I'm thinking in terms of orgasm, right? Oh, he did for me or she did for me, whoever your partner is, they did for me. I really want to go to sleep, but no, now I have to do for them. Right. And so, right. And so, uh, no. And, and <laughs> No, we could do a whole no. episode on commerce really in relationships because it is a big oh, one for good. me with clients. I'm like, uh, uh, no more uh, commerce. Uh. Oh, this is so uh. good. You're saying pay it forward. That's right. Pay it forward. Yes. You take care of you. No, there's something else that you said. Step number two was to ask. Mm -hmm. Now, this is something I have struggled with. I continue to struggle with something I continue to learn continue and have to redo in my marriage all the time. Like, oh, redo on that one, right? Mm -hmm. And I hear a lot from women about how to ask. And something that I admire the heck out of about you, there's a million things and you're an expander in a million ways for me. One of them is your juiciness enrolls <laughs> other people in whatever the heck you want. You have a way of asking that I don't even know. I mean, I swear you could ask me for a million dollars. I wouldn't know you were asking and I would give it to you. In fact, I'd give you a million five. Like, I don't know really how you do it, but you, you really like engage people and enroll people in asking for what you want. And I remember one night at Burning Man, I did not want to go out. I didn't want to go out. I wanted to be in. I wanted to go to bed, right? We, we go out every night at Burning Man. And <laughs> Something about your deliciousness was like, let's go. Let's go where we're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and the next thing I know, I'm wearing probably nothing and I'm out the door and having the time of my life because you enroll us, right? Or like you, yes. you eat, Amy eats mushrooms out of a can. It's like her favorite yep. thing. Really is. And got all of us eating mushrooms out of a can, which is Every something single I never would have. <laughs> finding it delicious. I don't even know that I really like it, but I like how much you like it. And so it makes it delicious for me. So you have a way of asking 
Can you teach us how to ask? And I know that this is like why people should sign up and work with you. In fact, I need to sign up and work with you to learn how to ask. Like, how, how do we do this to get people to do what we want? The way I learned it is to ask for what you want with turn on in a way that feels good for you so that it lands for the other person in a way that feels good. And this is not manipulation. This is how can you actually express this in a way that feels good for yourself knowing that it's going to land because, I mean, I was on a call with a client one day and her husband walked in the room and, and she was like, get out of the room. Like I'm on a, I'm on a vulnerable call right now. <laughs> and, and I literally just looked at so her. So been there. We've I was like, there. excuse <laughs> me, <laughs> do you know who you're on a call with right now? <laughs> <laughs> and she literally knew immediately. She's like, oh, oh yeah. And then oh, he actually right. came in it, like, on another call and it was so great. She's like, hey, baby. I'm on a really great call right now and we're being pretty vulnerable. So do you mind coming into the room later? I'll be done at seven. Mm. And it was like so good, so fun, not inauthentic. Like she was in her turn on. She was connecting to her body. She took, gave herself a moment and there didn't need to be resentment. He was just doing his thing and, you know, had good reason for whatever he was doing. Right. So to answer your question, yeah, it's definitely not simple. Like here's here's the magic pill. But first of all, pausing can really help. Just pausing. Because if we react immediately, it's like usually from some sort of trigger or reaction versus pausing. Okay, when I pause and I take a deep breath, it really helps me drop into my body. Sometimes closing my eyes depending on the setting that we're in. <laughs> and then I'm doing it right come. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I hope people listening are doing this right now too. And just take a deep breath <sighs> and it's let out some sound if you're in a space, in a place that you can. And then that drops me into my body. And then I'm like, what do I actually want? And how could this invitation feel great? And I just get into my own excitement with it. You know, I'm like, oh my God, you guys, these canned mushrooms are so good. They are unexpectedly amazing. You would think they were tasteless and they taste so good when you need a savory hit of crunchy goodness and just come have a bite with me. And don't you just want a bite? (laughs) Don't you all want a bite? Seriously. Don't you all want a bite? Because she made it sound like chocolate covered strawberries. Right. And it's (laughs) like, this is just a funny example, right? But you can, it's like bringing play. Talk about like coming back to when you're a kid, right? It's like, how can you bring loving, open, curious play into your requests and then be as excited about it as the other person might become? Well, as we just did that, I thought, what do I want right now? And having the baby, Josh and I haven't had a lot of time to ourselves. And I'd really love us to be naked and for him to give me a massage. And there to be no, if we want to have sex or any sexual connection after that, great. But really what I want is just some intimacy and that massage. And what I said to him yesterday was, well, we haven't spent any time together. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't angry. It was just, mm, mm-hmm. we haven't had the any statement. time together. <laughs> the statement, 
And it's like, okay, well, we'll spend time together. Well, we spend 24 hours a day. We work together. We have the baby together. See you all the time. Um, <laughs> right. I see you all the time. Um, and I was, you know, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to say, oh, I want some intimate time with you. But I hadn't gotten into the juicy detail. I had to get into my body. Like, thank you for taking me through that. I had to get into my pause. Yeah, that's actually what I had to do. I had to pause. Then I had to get into my body. I had to have you coaching me through this and ask me, what do I really desire? What would feel good? That's the image that came up. And then hearing how I can enroll him in that. That is so beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. I love that you were doing it as I was talking about it. I'm like, wow, I should have just asked you and coached you through it out loud. But that was perfect. (laughs) You did, actually. (laughs) Well, there you go, without even knowing. Um, And that's a perfect example of underneath every complaint is a desire. Mm. Underline that one, everyone. Okay, asterisk, underline, frame it on the wall. Under every complaint is a desire. Here's another way to find your desires, right? What are you complaining about? And so whatever you're complaining about, and it takes some work. I mean, it's not just, it's not super easy for everyone to just be like, oh, hello, desire. But some of them are pretty easy to see. Some are less easy to see. But if you look underneath the desire of, you know, it's so loud in this house right now. Can everyone shut up? Right? It's actually, I desire some quiet peacefulness and to be honored in what I need. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that desire, the desire is so much more vulnerable than the complaint. And so what I was just feeling from you, as you said, it's like, yeah, it's, I just said, you know, I want, I want to have time alone or I want some intimate time, which was somewhat vulnerable compared to a lot of people. They might not even be able to say that. Right. I, th- I think a couple of years ago, I would have said, you're not spending any time with me. Yes. And so you already got there, which is beautiful. You know, I want intimate time, but then dropping a level deeper to say, here's what I really want. And the thing is, desire arises in specificity. So the more specific you are, the better and the more vulnerable. And so to say, like, I actually want to be naked together. I want you to massage me and not have penetration or climax on the table or not have it as the goal, right? Maybe it's on the table, but it's not the goal. It's not the intention. That's really specific, which is super hot when you know exactly what you want, but it's so vulnerable to reveal. And that's, I think, what really comes up for most women. It's like, okay, I see where I'm jealous. I see where I have complaints. So now I'm starting to see my desires. I'm starting to look underneath, you know, I'm starting to use these tools. But then to actually reveal the desire to people, the the point you brought up, the asking for what you want part is so vulnerable. And what I say to my clients is it should feel like you're about to walk off a cliff. Not it should. It feels different for everyone. It can feel like you're about to walk off a cliff. And it may feel like that forever. It still feels like that for me years into this. I teach this. I live this. But the big, scary, vulnerable desires, and by big, I mean just vulnerable. Like they might not be massive. They could be very small, but they're revealing. And it feels like, oh my God, oh my God, if I open my mouth, if I say this right now, oh my God, I am going to absolutely tip over this cliff right now. (laughs) I might die. (laughs) I might die. I might, and I might die is I might get rejected. I might fail. My partner might say, no, I'm out of here might mock me, make fun of me. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do in that moment? What if a woman's listening and she's like, I have had the experience of, I think, asking my husband or partner for what I want. 
they made fun or they didn't listen. How do I go to that cliff again? I've had this recently, actually. I, I so get it. And and I have this with my partner here in Bali. He's amazing, super receptive, you know, beautifully honoring of my desires. And I shared with him something about money. And at first it was more just like, I asked him about clarifying something where he had paid for a dinner for our friends. And it was, it just got a little messy because, you know, money can be awkward for people to talk about. And I had thanked him for paying for dinner. And he was like, oh, I didn't think I was paying. And I kind of was like, oh, wait, what? And then I got, I just got triggered. Like, I was like, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, should I have paid? And oh my God, do you not want to pay for things? And now I feel awkward. Like, I shouldn't have thanked you. And I just felt really confronted. And it just, it was weird. You know, and it was a new relationship, and ah. oh, I know, so, I can like feel it in my can whole you feel body, it? like the ah, icky. yeah, like icky, abort, yeah. abort, get out, right, totally, <laughs> totally, yeah, yes. And I literally sat in the bathroom and cried that night. It was so triggering for me, and it was really beautiful because I got to look at like, whoa, why is this so intense? Right, anything that is hysterical is historical. So I was like, what is historical about this? How is this old? And I started looking at my relationship with money, my parents' relationship with money, and and I and I saw what it brought up for me was that I don't deserve to be treated. Mm. I don't deserve to be this this belief that I don't deserve to be spoiled. My parents have actually have a great relationship with money. Generally, they've done a lot of work around that. But my my dad never like spoiled my mom because my mom wouldn't receive it. Like my mom wasn't open interested in being spoiled. She wanted the best deals, right? And so right. because of that, <laughs> can you relate? Do you know about you know this life? Oh, I can relate. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> my Jewish mother was like, um, hell no, I don't want to be spoiled. How much is that bill, right? And right. so amen. Sister. I, Right. <laughs> so I from one to another, <laughs> right? And I had this experience of like, oh my god, like I don't deserve to be like treated and paid for and spoiled, um, or I can't have that. When it's probably a deep desire, and it is right, exactly. And then I had to really look at it, and I was like, wait a minute, me thanking him for the food, like it wasn't really the thing, and now me sitting here crying is like okay, I see the unworthiness conversation and stories. I'm observing myself. What's the actual desire here? And when I, when I really looked at it, and by the way, I had great reflection from sisters during this time. Like I was sitting on the bathroom floor crying while he's sleeping, texting my girlfriends. It's a huge part of the life of desire, needing to have women who are there to back you and remind you, what, who are you? What's the deeper thing? What, where are you not being vulnerable? What do you want? And I came back to him in the morning and we talked about it. And I, it's like, it was so scary to bring it up again, even though I hadn't like explicitly expressed the desire before it was like, I brought it up and it was kind of inferred. And so then I, then I actually said it and it was like, it was so hard. I sat there like in oh, silence with him for minutes because it was yes. so, I don't want to throw myself off the cliff right now. And thank God I teach this because I have my clients in my mind where I'm like, I have to do this for them. I have to walk the talk. Like I can't, it's not just me I'm doing this for. It's all women. And I said to him, I want you to pay for things. Mm. I kind of want you to pay for everything. Like maybe not 100%, but like 80, 20, 90, 10. Yeah. And it was 
so bowing down, sister. Thank you. That is so it, hard. I can feel it in my it body. So and hard. it's such a desire. It's yes. such a desire. And all my conditioning of like, you know, my feminism and I can take care of myself. Independent and I'm a woman. Your coach. And I'm, yeah, I'm an independent woman. I don't need anyone to take care of me. You know, all of these, these conversation stories and beliefs were there. And I was like, no. The deeper desire here is to be taken care of in a way financially just through, you know, meals and stuff. I mean, I'm paying my bills, but like I wanted – we don't live together or anything. So I was like, this is actually how how I would want it to feel and it would feel so good for me. I'd feel so taken care of and protected and loved and oh my God, that would be hot. And so I told him all this and he received it really beautifully and not everyone does, which I get. And so – I wanted to tell a personal story around, oh my God, I brought up something. I brought up money. I brought up, you know, thanking him and showing gratitude when he didn't even think that he was should be thanked because he didn't think he was paying for it. He thought I would pay him back. Like it was, it was weird. And mm. and then to come back to observe myself and to find the desire and then share it with him from the place of desire was so vulnerable. Oh, and sometimes yes. you gotta ask over and over again. And what my teacher, Nicole Dedone, says, um, you have to ask every time like it's the first time. Mm. Because what we do is the resentment builds or the frustration or the annoyance or the already all, already expecting answer. Right. And then it's like, I, I've asked you for this 10 times. Right. He clearly doesn't want to do it or she doesn't want to do it. I've already asked her for it three times. Yeah, exactly. How can you ask like it's the first time? And making yourself vulnerable is hard and it can pay off. It really can. And to keep revealing your heart. So when I came back to Jan, my, my boyfriend's name is Jan Willem. He's Dutch. And Jan, when I came back to Jan and I said- <laughs> So hot. So hot. He's very hot. Great name, great bod, great personality, great man. Um, he, when I came to him to share this desire, I first shared all the vulnerability. Like I shared how it felt, what happened for me, what came up. I shared my sadness, my tears, that what I was observing about myself and my lineage of my family's relationship to money. Like I really revealed myself. And I think this is a really important point in living a desire-led life is it's messy as hell. People think, oh, this sounds good. Oh, I want to live a desire-led life. That sounds fun. Oh, Hell no. It is not easy. <laughs> it is delicious. It is juicy. It is worth it, but it is messy and it is scary and it, it is not easy. And it requires continuously being willing to reveal your heart. And when you share a desire and it's not met well, then being able to say, I hear you. This is what this brings up for me. I feel sad or my little one inside feels rejected or I want to hate you right now and I hear you and I might need alone time right now to process or I just want to, I just want to reject you, right? I want to reject you back, <laughs> you know, and all of this is some self-aware conversation, which I acknowledge, but you got to keep revealing yourself to be willing to keep coming back to the conversation and to ask for things again. Oh, this is so genius. Amy, I could talk to you about, I mean, I want to have six episodes because this Me is too. like, this is so, <laughs> so fun. genius. It's so fun. I'm listening. I'm like, oh my goddess, I need this in my life. This vulnerability is what we avoid. And then we just go right to the end point. We have the anger. We have the sadness. We have the grief. We have all the feelings about it. And that's what comes out as opposed to sharing it. We don't share. Oh my God, here's what I was feeling. And the little girl inside of me felt hurt and felt rejected. And I didn't know how I was going to bring this up. And I don't know how, I, but that's so endearing. Yes. And it's so intimate. 
Yeah. That is intimacy. Even if you are rejected, you know, I believe everything is happening for us and not to us. So if it's happening for you, how can you reveal yourself in that moment? You know, what is God, goddess, universe's purpose in having you be in this situation? And how can you reveal yourself to feel, to create more intimacy there, more intimacy with that person, that friend, that partner, that family member, even if they're rejecting your desire in that moment? Mm, mm, mm. And sometimes if we get rejected over and over, even though we may not want that, it tells us if that person maybe isn't the right person for us in our life or isn't the right situation or it needs to shift in some way. And that's okay too, because what we're talking about, it's telling. And I know that that's difficult. And what we're talking about here are the things that we have to do, including the things that we have to release in order to have that juicy life. We're talking about having a juicy life. Yeah. And it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Amy, I know I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. And that just means I'll have to have you back on the Purpose Girl podcast. So fun. I would love that. So something I love to do with my guests at the end of every episode is what I call the Purpose Power Play Round. And it means I'm going to ask you a few random questions. And whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind is the right answer. Are you down? Okay, great. I'm down. Okay, great. Take me 10 years from now. What's one desire that will be fulfilled in your life? Uh, I'll be teaching and leading on stages of uh, rooms of thousands of women and taking them through connecting to their bodies and their desires and enrolling everybody in their life into the equivalent of the can of mushrooms. (laughs) (laughs) What is your can of mushrooms? What is your can of mushrooms? The thing that you think, oh my God, nobody really cares. Nobody really wants this, but like, I want it. How can I get everybody else on board? I want to be able to get women by the thousands to be in enrolling, enticing, bringing on, turning on the people in their life for, for their desires, as simple as a can of mushrooms or as expansive as, you know, the, the going to live in Bali, going to live in Bali or the relationship Mm -hmm. of their dreams or whatever it looks like retreats in Paris. Yes. Creating their dream career all the above. I love it. So delicious. What'd you want to be when you were a little girl? I wanted to be a neonatal nurse. I wanted to be, because I love babies. I am obsessed with babies. Hence why we had a <laughs> long moment before this before this <laughs> episode with your beautiful baby boy. Um, I'm obsessed with babies. And I wanted to be a neonatal nurse, work with little, little, little ones. And then I also wanted to be a lawyer because I love fighting. I love being bossy. I love arguing and negotiating. Um <laughs> I also vaguely remember at one point when I was young saying that I wanted to be a boy. So I want to honor oh, that. Interesting. Yeah. I yeah. was like, ooh, I want to be a boy. I still feel like that sometimes. I'm like, I would love to have a cock. Oh. I would love to experience life with a cock someday. You know, that would be amazing. I'm just, I'm just curious as hell. <laughs> yeah, you are curious as hell. And I love that. And what I can hear in those things, right? Neonatal nurse is like, you love babies and like you nurture women right now. Like you bring them in, you nurture them, you love on on women, you love on your clients, you love on, right? And then we hear lawyer. I'm like, yeah, boss, babe, right? Like totally in charge. And you're so passionate when there is a cause that you're passionate about. I see you, you know, Instagram all over it. Like you're so passionate, you're so vocal, so powerful. And the power of having a cock, yeah. And because you're comparing and kind of having me see where I'm fulfilling these dreams anyway, in different forms, 
I definitely have a powerful energetic cock because I love penetrating people's mm. body, mind, spirit, yes. souls, and cutting through the shit, cutting through the junk, cutting through the beliefs, conditioning, and shame to get to the root, to the truth, to the desires. And I, I'm a my my ex called it my crowbar of love. That I would I would like hit people with a crowbar of love. And <laughs> yes. it's like very intense for some people. They're like, wow, I wasn't ready for that. But it's just like I love to penetrate through the shit and get to the truth. And um, so that I guess that's my energetic cock energy, penetrating with love. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Most interesting place you've had sex. Mm. I hope this person never listens to this episode. I don't think they will. Um, <laughs> I had sex in my high school principal's driveway. Oh, yeah, you did. In a car. Uh-huh. In a car. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a long story, but I was friends with his daughter, and I, we were having a sleepover, and one of the guys that I was talking to came over, and we had a little rendezvous in the driveway in his car. Things got hot and heavy and a little heated, and then we had sex in the car in the driveway while my high school principal was home and sleeping. So fun. Okay, that's just so fun. So that was a good one. It's yeah. a great one. <laughs> Book every woman needs to read. Okay, well, obviously, Pussy, A Reclamation by Mama Gina, one Abby. of our faves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, I mean, there's just so many good ones. Okay, I know you said one, but uh, Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong is an absolute must for relationships with men to thrive, in my opinion. And... I just really like this one recently, Do Less by Kate Northrup. So fucking good. So necessary that you would love it. It's all about syncing up with your cycle and your body and being in your flow and in your feminine and doing less, delegating more, asking for help, sharing desires, doing less. And she calls it just doing your vital few, like your Mm. vital signs, checking the vital signs, Mm -hmm. doing only your vital few that turn you on to do. And then figuring out how to have the rest either not be on your list or delegate to somebody else or ask for help or send it out to the universe. And it is a great book. Amazing. I haven't even heard of that one. I'll totally check that out. It's a must. Okay. I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Last Mm -hmm. question. Okay. What is one thing you want every woman to know? Mm, That you're so worthy of living the life that you want, that is pleasurable, where you feel honored, taken care of, and cherished. And you can actually have it. Like you can Mm. actually have it. Anything is really possible and it can feel juicy and delicious. You just got to own what it is that you want. Mm. That's it. And you can have it. Right there. Yummy, Mm -hmm. yummy, yummy. Thank you, Amy. Amy, I know every woman listening is like, where do I get me more Amy? So tell us where (laughs) we can find you. Amazing. Okay, well, Instagram for sure. My Instagram is just at Amy Batuski, and my business Instagram is at Desire on Fire. And I have a Facebook group called the Desire on Fire Community. And those are the best ways. And I have a website, amybatuski.com. Although I have to admit, I'm not great at updating my website. I'm much better at updating my social media. 
So that's just my admission right there. And then for women that are interested in having a taste of my work immediately uh, or soon, I am running a pleasure challenge. It's a five-day pleasure challenge on Facebook, and it starts October 26th. It's the week of the 26th to the 30th, and the website is thepleasurechallenge.com. So very easy. And you can use the code pleasure to get in for free. Mm. And yeah, it's a great way to connect with me and my community and my work. And um, there's daily videos about pleasure and ways to practice prioritizing it. And super fun and juicy. Um And yeah, it's a great way to get connected. And then I have a big virtual weekend event happening in November. So just check out my Instagram and my website and it'll all be there. So good. So good. And all that is in the show notes. So you want to make sure you check out Amy. As you can tell, she's delicious, delicious, delicious. Amy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Purpose Girl podcast. My pleasure. I adore every single cell of your body. Everything about you. Oh my God. Thank you. I love you so much. And this has been such a gift because I've been wanting to connect. I've been wanting to meet that beautiful baby boy. And this was so perfect. We just needed an epic podcast conversation to bring us back together to reconnect and catch up. And it just gets to benefit the entire world. So I love it. It's generative. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. The best. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of you out there, we hope you loved this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave your five-star review. It literally takes 60 seconds for you to leave one sentence or two sentences. And your reviews are how women all over the world are finding us, how we have reached women top 20 in 30 different countries. So leave that review and I might read it on my next solo episode. Of course, you want to follow me on Instagram at Karen Rockhine. You want to join the Purpose Girls Facebook group where we are more than 2,500 women strong, supporting each other and living on purpose. And the best thing you can do is to share this podcast with every single woman you know. That is how we change the world one woman at a time. With that, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.